Welcome to Walkinverse. We're going to expose tyranny and share the truth. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's me, Kev. Today is July 6, 2020, and this is episode number 13. Yes, it has been a while, but with all the craziness going on around the world, I tell you, man, it's been tough to get this one out as I have so much to share. Anyway, being in the Seattle area, I want to kind of do a little bit of digging around this person, Sawant. And after seeing the destruction in the Seattle's autonomous zone, I need to look at who this agitator was and who is a person leading this insurrection because that's exactly what it is. This person has broken federal laws, especially many under Title 18 and across several sections. And the most alarming thing is that as an elected official of the city council, she actually willfully violated her oath. And as according to those laws, she must be removed immediately. Unfortunately, most of the elected officials in this area are of the same mindset and promote this type of domestic terrorism that we have seen all throughout the autonomous zone in Seattle. So then the question is, who is she? Who is Sawant? Well, by her own admission, she's a devout socialist, born and raised in India. And like many before her, she used a visa program to enter into the United States. And shortly after she moved here, uh, she came to Seattle between 2006 and 2007. Then in 2010, she became a U.S. citizen by pledging her oath of allegiance to the United States of America. And in that oath that she took, she made an agreement to support and defend the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. And then, of course, after defending her oath, she quickly forgot, as we're seeing today in the Seattle area. She then takes a position teaching economics, of all things, at a Seattle Central Community College and claims, again, that she's a socialist and has a dog named Che. And that is not really a good combination, if you ask me, because (laughs) you're teaching economics in a country that's about capitalism, but yet you're a devout socialist. And now this person's looking at the elections to become an official. If we fast forward to 2013, we can see how this person wins a seat on the Seattle City Council with the promises of $15 an hour minimum wage, rent control, and to, of course, tax the rich. And what she said was this, quote, of course there is need for running in congressional or senatorial elections and need to contest the presidential elections. The question here is not whether a left candidate can win the presidential election, but the example that it can set and the huge amount of succor it can provide to working class movement for social justice and people's rights and the tremendous momentum it can create for the left movement. People's right, okay, uh, what people's rights? Because the people in Chaz apparently had no rights as they were violently violated and raped and some murdered. Anyway, she carries on in her quote back then and says, as for whether I personally can run for the Congress or the Senate in the future, that is to be decided by the people of my socialist alternative party. But one thing I can say, you need to raise the banner of left politics in a big way to the national level. Now, the issue I have with this statement is with her party has a major influence on her decision-making policies. For an example, during 2018, there was a meeting held on September 15th, and the Seattle Socialist Alternative members stated that it was a mistake 
for the leadership of their party to give yay votes for the confirmation of the police chief, Carmen Best. Now, another example that we found was in an SCC insight report, which clearly shows that she was willfully given her power over to the organization called Social Alternative. Now, when does any organization outside legislative process have any say in what issues a city council member can vote on? I haven't seen that. I'm not sure any others have either. Not long after she became part of the city council, she filed for divorce in 2014. And that's when she began her, I want to say, domestic terrorist activities to undermine the United States with her involvement with the Occupy Wall Street movement. And that is where she submerged herself with numerous protests, assemblies, and demonstrations to further civil unrest on our nation's streets. And remember, this is an elected official, okay? This afforded her the ability to work with two notorious traitors of the United States, Bernie Sanders and Ilhan Omar. Then in 2016, she remarries a name by the name of Calvin Priest. And this is another anti-American socialist who belongs to Suwant's beloved social alternative organization. And this is the same time where we have an election year and we start seeing Black Lives Matter really raise up, right? And it seems that every four years, this organization, BLM, pops up out of nowhere and just causes issues as we're seeing today. And then again, Suwant had a plan for this election. And according to her assistant, Ann Tran, is said it was time to occupy the elections. And what we're seeing is th- this mindset that we saw behind the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement, we're seeing it again today across the nation's streets, where they're creating autonomous zones, occupying streets, and trying to force change through extreme violence, right? We're seeing statues being torn down, we're seeing vandalism, businesses burned to the ground, looted, police cars, police being brutalized. Now, I, I realize there are some bad officers out there, but it's 1%, not 99%. 99% of the cops, they're good guys and good women. You know, they're out there protecting you know, our lives, they're protecting our property, and they're being completely disrespected. And quite frankly, I find it disgusting. Anyway, in 2017, we see the same pattern come up again with Sawant. And this time is with a wave of protest and strikes across Seattle streets for her famous May Day, right? And you have to remember, this is an elected official who's encouraging massive civil disobedience to shut down highways, airports, and other vital targets around the Seattle area. But at least then, in those days, you had a mayor called Mayor Ed Murray, and he didn't agree with what she did. And she spoke out, and he spoke out against her. And what he said was this. He said that it's unfortunate and perhaps even tragic for an elected official to encourage people to confront and engage in confrontations with the police department. But yet today... Jenny Durkin, what is she doing? She's promoting it. She won't raise a finger to stop it. And in Seattle, with all this nonsense going on, we have seen death, rape, murder. Uh, there was one instance where there was a, two kids in a car. And if you find the video clip on, on YouTube, you can hear it. The gunshots rang out. And then you hear somebody around the 1 minute 58 second mark uh, say, hey, you're not dead yet. And all of a sudden, around 2 minutes, you hear bang and they execute this kid. And again, you can find the video clip, uh, look for Chaz, and then you'll look for a white SUV vehicle, and you'll be able to hear it. And it's quite disturbing. And the fact that I don't believe to this date, anybody's been arrested for that murder. And then yet you have Jenny, Mary Jenny of Seattle, saying that this is a summer of love. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a summer of love where people are murdered, where businesses were torched to the ground. I don't know what this woman's even thinking, but I'll tell you this, 
that hopefully a sheriff who will honor their oath will arrest her on Title 18, 242, 2383, and 2384. Look those up. You'll see exactly what I'm referring to. But then again, what can we expect from these Seattle socialists who have no respect for human life whatsoever? Anyway, with with that, in 2018, this is to kind of show you the mindset of Sawant. In 2018, an hour after the death of Paul Allen, she once again turned to her revolutionary ways. And she wrote a statement on her webpage titled, Remember the Greediest. Remember, this guy just died an hour ago. And she releases the statement. She said, Paul Allen was known as a philanthropist. He spent $250 million on the biggest yacht in the world in 2003. He also owned two more yachts and a fleet of private jets, several sport teams. He paid out the Q Westfield on the ballot, so the working people picked up most of the $425 million tab. He spent a half million dollars to defeat the I-98 tax, the rich statewide initiative in 2010. Correction, I-1098. He just died. This woman has... She's a plague on society. There, I said it. Yet, this hypocrite socialist who's saying that he's greedy and everything else has a net worth of over $490,000 as of 2019. She has a six-figure salary working for Seattle as a council member and a home valued over $800,000 with a half million in equity. And she uses unions to push her agendas and to make sure she gets elected. Again, pure hypocrisy, but isn't that the socialist mantra? What is good for you is not good for me? Anyway, these unions, who are they? Because in an interview, a question came up and she wasn't very comfortable with answering the question. The interview started off with them agreeing how Seattle City Light CEO raised, had a raise of $60,000 in a year and they said that was completely outrageous. But once she was pressed by the interviewer, I can't remember the person's name, I didn't write it down, about the pay of the union officials, she backed off, she wouldn't answer it. She felt uncomfortable because to question her supporters, that was off limits, wasn't allowed. Because again, like I said a minute ago, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, only everyone else's. And the elite and the elected officials like Sawant, they're untouchable. And that's what we're seeing today. And so the question that remains is, who are these union officials? Well, doing a little bit of digging, there's two I came across. One is SEIU's Mary Kay Henry and AFL-CIO's Richard Trumka. And I want to start with kind of just reviewing Mary Kay Henry. She has a net worth of over $6 million. And ironically, she backs, of course, the $15 an hour play, which Sawant and Calvin Priest, her husband, push as part of their social alternative organization's narrative. And in 2015, Mary, Mary Kay, was considered one of the most powerful women in Washington state. And she claims that and believes that the Democrat Party, the Biden campaign, the mayors and governors are in touch with the citizens and wants what's right for them. Okay. Then she stresses how people are fed up with the Amazon, Ubers, and Instacarts of the world. Well, that's not the reason why people are pissed off. The reason why people are outraged is because these political figures, these union leaders are corrupt and they continually get away with it without any accountability whatsoever. And the most annoying part of all this, these elites, these socialists, they deflect. They always blame others for what they are doing. It, it, just, it comes out of Hitler's playbook, right? When you look at these uh, 
minister of propaganda, what did they do? They blamed the other side for exactly what they were doing. It's just a common tactic. It's also interesting how this aligns with Sawant's tax the rich to death campaign, and as well as tax Amazon. And just recently I heard, I think it was today, that that tax finally came through. Now think about that. They're pushing this tax, tax the rich over $150,000 in Seattle. So if you make over $150,000, you're taxed, something like that. And Amazon will be taxed. Do they not realize that as of right now, most people in Washington are unemployed? Most businesses have been decimated by these looters, rioters, these domestic terrorists, and they want to tax people. Well, I'll tell you something that these companies will probably end up leaving Seattle and then who's going to pay the bill? Her cronies, her little unemployed leftist to follow her wherever she goes? Who? Who's going to pay the tax? The working class, what's left of it? And again, this union member or this union leader, SEIU, it's not a small-time organization. It's a two-plus million-member union that's one of the large in the Seattle area. And it just appalls me when statements like this are being made that how the governor and the mayor and the you know Democrat Party is doing right for the people. Have they not been watching t- the news? Have they not seen the Chaz Chop situation? Have they not seen what's happening over in you know Michigan, Minneapolis, San Francisco, uh, Portland? Are, are they completely out of touch with reality? Or is that the reality that they want for us? I don't know. You tell me. Anyway, what also bothered me about this union, this progressive union, is that recently they took a position to appease mob rule. Now, why do I say that? Because they were aligning with the Black Lives Matter movement, aka BLM Incorporated. Now, like many, I believe all lives matter. Black lives, white lives, Latino lives, Latina lives, it doesn't matter. All lives matter. And if we don't get rid of these damn labels, we're going to destroy ourselves because we're not black, we're not white, we're Americans. We're American lives, period. I'm not a black American, you're not a white American. We're just American, period, right? And until we start thinking like that, this division is going to completely destroy us. Now, to get back to this BLM thing, because I've seen a lot of companies today, a lot of corporations, a lot of people giving a lot of money to BLM. What they don't realize is that the money's not going to BLM because BLM, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, is a Marxist organization. And they funnel their money, their cash, through a company called ActBlue, which is the 503C Corporation, I believe. And that money that goes to ActBlue, it goes to the Democratic Party, the Biden campaign, Sanders campaign. Look it up. There's something called Open Secrets. Go to Open Secrets, type in ActBlue, hit enter, and look at how the, the money is dispersed. Then go to the BLM website and look under donations at the very bottom, or even on bullet point two, you're going to see Act Blue. Then you type in Act Blue, go to their website, you can see exactly who they are. And then again, go back to Open Secrets, type in this information, and you'll see exactly where the money goes and everything else. So that's money that you're giving without really understanding where it goes is going straight to the Biden campaign, Sanders, Democratic National Party. It's a fact. And again, that's another story I can cover later. Now, we can see how this Mary is also part of this socialist agenda, right? A $15 hour wage. Unions, unions want to defund everybody. And there's also another article by her about talking about defunding the police, right? So again, you have this mantra about defunding the police, right? $15 hour wage, which hurts businesses and so forth. Now, Richard Trumka, who is he? Well, he claims to be a social economic advocate with it. And he has a history of violence during union strikes and was also involved in a few scandals, right? And the most, I'd say the most, the one thing that really 
bothers me about this gentleman is his affiliations. So you have to kind of think like then, what is the driving force behind these unions? Well, during a visit to New York in November 1983, he was honored during a Labor Research Association luncheon. And this association, Labor Research, is a front group for the Communist Party USA. It's interesting, right? Then in May 91, he received the David Clendine Award by the Workers' Defense League. And that league is part of, well, I want to say part of it, but the Democratic Socialists of America have significant influence over that group. And then, then in 1985, him and his cohorts instituted the Union Summer. Now, the purpose of this Union Summer was to recruit and train young people to organize and become political activists, which is a tactic straight out of the book Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. I suggest you buy that book and read it because what you're seeing on the streets today is right out of that book, pretty much word for word. And the materials that were endorsed, at least some of them, for this movement were anti-capitalistic and it was saturated in class warfare. And it also instructed recruits to recite a pledge that was laced in the Marxist dogma, right? And Turkma, Truk, sorry, Trumka and his friends believe that free market capitalism is not essential for worker prosperity, but is something that should be destroyed completely. And the primary objective is to transform society radically. If I remember correctly, Obama said the exact same things during his years, a transformation of society, a change. But the change that Obama was talking about is the change you're seeing today, a complete transformation of our way of life. Anyway, and to make sure that what he's doing is accurate, he clarified it in 2010, in September. He stated that the reason why he entered the labor movement was not because he wanted to negotiate wages, not at all, but because it was, he saw it as a way or as a vehicle to do massive social change to include lots of people. And this is exactly what we're seeing today across the nation, right? It's playing out in our streets with the help of progressive unions, such as these two organizations, such as social socialist alternative DSA, the Democrat socialist America and BLM. And not surprising these connections, run even deeper. For an example, in 2018, Sawant sent a letter to her so-called sisters, OAC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Rashid Tlaib, and Julia Salazar. She went on to congratulate them as a socialist for the American people. Now, I'm not sure which people she's referring to, but it's not the majority. That I can assure you. She carries on with her letter on how their job is to overthrow the system and guarantee socialism reigns supreme in the United States. These people, by their admission, are traitors and they're guilty of high treason. They have no place in Congress, no place in any office of the United States because they all swore an oath to defend the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. And socialism, communism is an enemy to the United States, period. Title 18, 242, deprivation of rights, 2383, 2384, and we'll throw in 2385. Read those. And you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. And just to be clear, any sheriff anywhere in the country within the districts where these people are in can arrest them. They have full constitutional authority to arrest them, but they won't. And the question is, why won't they? In Seattle, why? Inslee, Sawant, Jenny should all be arrested. The murders are their fault of these innocent victims. 
the terrorism by these groups are their fault because they refuse to do anything. I'm going to give Chief Best maybe a little bit of a pass here because she was ordered to stand down. Now, she did give an oath. She should have told Jenny, no, I'm not going to stand down. But she was told to stand down, which means Jenny's also obstructing justice, right? These people are willfully violating the Constitution. And these domestic terrorists, they have no rights. They should be arrested immediately, period. This is getting really old. We are at war. And now is a time for each one of us to stand up and fight for our freedoms. Because if we don't, they're gone. They will strip them away. And just to be clear, I'm a constitutional person. I'm not left or right. I don't believe in that. I believe in the Constitution. And I believe that the person who wants to defend those rights is the person that I'm going to stand with. And right now, there's not a single Democrat anywhere in the country that wants you to have your constitutional right. They want to remove all of them. And sadly enough, Republicans are no better. Now, whether you love or hate Trump, he's the only person I'm seeing that's actually trying to do something positive for the country. He's trying to bring us together, keep us together, trying to expose what these people are doing. Now, is he perfect? No, he's not. But he also doesn't want to strip away our rights. It's the governors that are doing this. It's the governors that are controlling the state, not Trump. They're the ones that are actually revoking your rights and making you a prisoner in your own home under medical martial law. They're trying to force you to wear a mask of shame. And, and actually, I'll get into this another, another a time, but these masks that you're forced to wear are not good for you. Medical research proves it. If you read all the articles cited on the CDC, it says it right there in, in plain day, but I don't want to get off topic, but, but honestly, go read this stuff. Stop reading just the, you know, the webpage. Dig into the, each of the cited articles. See what they say. Read the reports, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking to. Listen to doctors coming out about this as well. Anyway, I'm off topic here, and I apologize, but it all ties together because it's all about tyranny, removing your rights. And that's exactly what these Democratic governors, mayors, elected officials are doing all across the country. And one thing, too, about Sawant, how these people are breaking into politics through city council, if you look at Socialist Alternative and see the connections, you'll see that every one of them is getting in power through the city council membership, which means that going forward, we, the people, need to stand up, get involved politically. We need to organize within our communities like they are. We need to educate people, teach them, show them what has been going on over the last 15, 20 years, expose it. And any council member, mayor, governor that is doing anything unconstitutional, any officer who does not honor their oath, we expose them. We find lawyers, lawyers that will prosecute them because everyone needs to be held accountable. This, how do I say this, but, but what we have been going through with zero accountability of elected officials is, is completely sickening and needs to stop. So again, if we don't scream from the hilltops and expose tyranny for what it is and these groups for what they are, then all of our freedoms and our way of life is gone and tyrannical rule will take over. Mark my words. It's coming unless we stand up against it. Again, if we do not, we will enter into our pre- revolutionary days. It's coming. So we have a choice to make. Do we stand and fight and draw the line, put stake in the sand, or do we cave in, put on the yellow armband, get into the boxcars, and off we go because we were told to do so for the good of the community. History does repeat, so don't forget it. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider a membership at $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books. 
as well as member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And until next time, keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.